0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Keski of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Episode number 78 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Young Howler. Young Howler is an alternative rock quartet from Sylvan Lake, Alberta, Canada. Combining elements of groove and funk, their pop-driven melodies will have you making a beeline for the dance floor. For more information on Young Howler, you can check out younghowler.com. That is Y-O-U-N-G-H-O-W-L-E-R.com. Now here it is, their new single, Flip Phone. Hello. No. the no.
2: friend alan stone and you're listening to that one time on tour
1: everybody, what's going on? This is Chris Swinney. As always, I am your host for that one time on tour. If you're joining me for the first time, this is my podcast where I get to sit down with someone in or around the entertainment industry. And we usually have a really, really cool conversation. So thank you very much for checking out last week's episode, if you did, with Chris Connelly from Saves the Day. If you haven't, go on back and check it out. We have that and 76 other great episodes for your listening pleasure, so go check out another episode. You know you'll like it. You know you'll enjoy it. This week on the program, it's a good one, man. Uh, I got to talk to Mr. Alan Stone. He's just the coolest dude. Um, In our house, he's a big deal. My my kids love Alan Stone. They saw him when he was kind of like a mentor duet guy on American Idol last year. And uh, every time we play an Alan Stone song in our house, it becomes a dance party. And I was very, you know, honored to be able to go down to his show. It was actually kind of a different promo kind of thing. They're doing this karaoke tour. So he doesn't have a band. It's just him and his buddy. And uh, he sings some of his songs to like like karaoke versions. And then he gets people on stage and you get to sing with him as well. It's a very intimate, cool thing. We got to go down to my wife and I got to go down to the hi-fi in Indianapolis and hang out with Alan. And it was wonderful. I got to sing Sweet Caroline on stage with him. And uh, there's some video of that, I think, on Instagram. But it couldn't have been a better day. And Alan couldn't have been a more gracious and hospitable guy. And the conversation is great. We talk all about, you know, being a dad. And we talk about his new record, Building Balance, which is coming out on November 8th. We talk about the upcoming tour plans he has and just you know, growing up, singing in his dad's church and and finding music, and it's such a great conversation and you guys are going to enjoy it. It's gonna be awesome. But before we get to that, I have to tell you guys about my sponsors for this week's episode. Back for another episode, we have the Merch Planet. They want to take care of all of your merchandise needs if you're a band or if you just want like you know, your girlfriend's picture on a shirt. I'm sure they can handle that. You have to head on over to themerchplanet.com. We have changed our promo code. They're no longer offering the 15% off for our listeners. They're now offering free shipping, which is even, it's even a better deal, especially if you make like big orders or if you're on tour and you're getting stuff like drop ship to venues. Free shipping is where it's at. So head on over to the merchplanet.com. And when you buy everything you need, you're at checkout, put in the promo code T O T O T free, and you're going to get free shipping. So shout out to our buds over at the merch planet. We love you guys and thank you for all the support. I need to tell you about Permanence Tattoo Gallery right here in central Indiana. My buddy Jacob Harrison, past guest of the show, is the owner. And man, it's the best shop. I'll say in central Indiana, it could be the best shop in this whole region. It could be in the whole United States. I don't know. I've not been to every shop yet. But I love Permanence Tattoo Gallery, and you guys need to get there and get tattooed. You can check out all the information on all the socials at Permanence Tattoo Gallery. Great band sponsored this episode, Young Howler. I want you guys to check them out at younghowler.com. They're out of Alberta, Canada. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring this episode. If you have a band or a company and you would like to get involved, please hit me up, TOTOTpodcast at gmail.com, and we will figure it out. If you don't have a band or a company and you still want to help the show out, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash TOTOTpodcast. You can get involved at the $5 level. And uh, you'll really be helping us out. You'll gain access to exclusive Patreon only episodes and all kinds of cool stuff. We do contests and all, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, we also have a producer tier for $25 a month. And we currently have one producer. Uh, his name is Bob Foster at Punk Rock Bob Foster over on Instagram. So shout out to Bob. Thank you so much for your support and all of our other patrons as well. If you guys don't want to get involved financially, I totally get it. The show is always going to be free. But the least you could do, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps the show get found by more people. And uh, that would be great if you guys would do that. So I don't have a lot of stuff this week. There's no top five list. There's no TOTOT radio. None of that stuff, because I've been so busy, I'm doing my annual Rock and Roll Summer Camp Autumn Workshop. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but Rock and Roll Summer Camp is the name of the company. Uh, But we're doing an Autumn Workshop right now, and I'm getting ready to do an episode with my students at the Rock and Roll Summer Camp Workshop. And if you guys have any questions you would like me to ask these kids, the ages range from 11 to 18. Go ahead and hit me up on the socials. It's T O T O T podcast on all the socials, and uh, leave a question, and I will ask the students, and you will hear it on an upcoming episode. Last but not least, I wanted to say a couple days ago was uh, was Tony Sly's birthday. Uh, lead singer, you know, primary songwriter for No Use for a Name, one of my favorite bands of all time, and and other than Metallica, which we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is kind of weird. I think I bring up Tony quite a bit as well. You know, Joey Cape from Lagwagon was on here and we talked about Tony and just different different people that have been on the show we've talked about Tony. And uh, I don't try to hide the fact that he is one of my favorite songwriters of all time. And every time I met Tony, he was such a wonderful person. And uh, I've had a lot of people actually hit me up on the socials and say, you know, why don't you do a Tony episode? So I'm still toying with the with the idea of how I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to... Get in touch with some past guests and then some other people, and maybe have little anecdotes and stories. Maybe people could call the the hotline and leave some some of their Tony stories or whatever. But I thought about doing some kind of tribute episode to Tony, so thank you for all the listeners that have kind of written in and and told me that idea. It's funny because I had the same idea in my head. I just didn't know how to do it, and then I'll like I literally like ten to fifteen people have said you should do a Tony episode. So that's coming down the line at some point. So thank you for, you know, coming up with these cool ideas. I like when, I mean, I have content that I give to you, but I like when I can mix it and I can use content from you guys. So you guys feel like you're a part of the show. So I'm going to stop blabbing. Like I said, I'm super busy. I've got all this stuff going on, but I will be back next week with like a TOTOT radio segment. And uh, that's it. I want to get into this conversation with Alan. I just want to tell you how much fun my wife and I had hanging out at the Hi-Fi with Alan it was amazing and uh it's it's crazy because you know at the end of the at the end of doing the the chat he he gave my wife and I both signed copies of the new record on vinyl which is really cool clear vinyl I love that variant I love the clear vinyl and um we exchanged numbers and and we've texted back and forth just like bros and he he couldn't be a nicer guy and you guys are going to get that right now you're going to hear my conversation with Mr. Alan Stone. And make sure if you like this, you go out and get his record or listen on Spotify or whatever. Building Balance, it is out on November 8th. You can get it on all those places or, like he says in the interview, alanstone.com. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Mr. Alan Stone. Here we go. So I'm sitting on an awesome couch here in the green room at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis with Mr. Alan Stone. How are you doing, Alan? I'm swell, man. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you very much for your time, man. Right off the bat, I know we just kind of talked about this a little bit, but I'd like my listeners to know, I actually paid you for a cameo video for my wife's birthday. I posted it on all of our social media. Everybody thought it was really cool. Uh, yesterday was my birthday. Oh, wow. So All is right. there any way you would sing happy birthday Dude, to without me? Without
2: question. Without
1: question. It doesn't have to be long or anything.
2: Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday, <laughs> to ya. Happy birthday yesterday to ya. Happy <laughs> birthday to ya. Happy birthday.
1: Thank you. I got to clap for that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you.
2: Thank you, Stevie Wonder, for that one, man. Well, the
1: cool thing about that is is that uh, the video you made for my wife, my son, who's only three years old, he loves that. We play it for him all the time, and he sings along with you. And at the end, you said, bye-bye. Yes. And that's his favorite part. Oh, yeah. he, he always makes sure that he says, bye-bye <laughs> at the end of it. Will you please send me a video of him doing I, that? We can totally do that. No, yes.
2: That would be stellar. Um those cameo things are real fun. Me and my friend Julian here is sitting in the studio with us, filming a little bit. We just got back from Alaska. Oh, awesome! Uh, we did a little homie fishing trip up there, and um, those cameo things they expire, you know, like two days after you get them. Yeah, so yeah. you want to once you get the notification, you want to get in there and do yeah. them for the folk. And uh, we were out fishing at like six a.m. on the Kenai in a in a in a boat. And I was doing cameos, trying to get them sent, like, (laughs) hanging, you know, the phone high up. I try, like, pull over. I got to get on top of that hill over there. It was fun. I sacrificed for my cameo friends. Sacrifice
1: for your cameo (laughs) friends. So you're on tour right now. You are promoting the new record, Building Balance. Building Balance, correct. comes out November 8th. Yes, thank you. I'm very interested in where the idea came for this tour, because you're you're not, not with a full band. right. You're just up there singing with your fans, doing karaoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, you seem like a pretty eccentric guy. You've got some cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Did you come up with it? Like, where did it stem from? Yeah, I um, we we
2: started to do these VIP meet and greets. That's kind of been a, a new thing as of the last three or four years. And uh, you need a new revenue stream because, I mean, yep.
1: the music industry as someone that's been a part of it, you, touring doesn't always cut it. You know, you gotta no, get man,
2: you got to get crafty and you, you, it also allows the fans to, to get an experience that I think they're really excited about. So yeah. it's a win, win situation. Anything that can allow um, the audience base to want to come back to the show and make a real personal connection with yeah. the craft and the art and the artist, um, I think is, is a really special thing. I would do these VIP meet and greets and, um, man, like 50% of the time people would want to sing with me. They would want to like sing my songs yeah. at me. Well, let me, can I do a verse of unaware or Better, whatever song? And, uh, and of course I would oblige because they've paid like, a lot, like quite a bit of money to come and yeah. meet me and take a picture. And I just love singing with people. Um, and so when we, uh, I think it was me and my, Team, we were sitting around um a table at one point and I thought, man, for for a promo tour and a VIP experience for my fan base, why don't we just do a karaoke tour yeah. where you know the costs on a tour like this are really really low. We're doing it very economical. Yeah, you don't have a band, right? No band. We're in a van. It's me, my tour manager, my production manager, and my best friend Jules. And uh we're able to to get into a bunch of markets that we wouldn't normally go and visit because um, there would they would be considered like B and C markets for me. I know
1: that you, you were just here a few months back with like train. Yeah. But it didn't happen. That was, I think it was canceled. Oh yeah, it got, it got rained out. It got rained out. Yeah, I was, I was downtown and it was a horrible storm. And yeah, and I, I got on your Instagram and I'm like, oh, sorry, we didn't get to play. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was a bugger, man. We, uh, we um, unfortunately didn't get to play for indie that, that go around. But, uh, hopefully some of those folks would come back to this. Yeah. I, it's, I always forget you tour so much and you're yeah, in so yeah. many different places. You sort of like, it just all kind of goes together and melds together and you're like, Oh, I forgot
1: about that. We didn't. Did we you didn't have to sell that. this idea to like label people or management or were they all kind of on board with it?
2: I'm still kind of having to sell it to people. Like all the shows are pretty much sold out, but the tough not the tough part the interesting part is yeah trying to get my booking agent and promoters especially is i like trying to wrap their brain around yeah um and essentially what it is is an album release party and a vip meet and greet experience um i sing you know four or five songs off my new record in the middle of it and talk about the the album and the process of making building balance and then um we just have a party we invite uh, anybody can sign up to come sing. We sing John Denver or we sing Jim Croce or the Eagles or we'll, we'll do whatever. You better st- believe I'm singing
1: with you tonight. <laughs> I love, yeah. What song are <laughs> we doing? Um, I mean, we were talking earlier today, my wife, my producer, uh, we were talking about maybe Sweet Caroline cause you can't go wrong with that. It's like the number one karaoke song ever. That's the one we're doing. Oh, I'm down. I it's- was also going to see though. I mean, I'm a rock, I'm a rock kind of punk metal guy, yeah. you know? hmm what would you think of maybe like Allison Chains or something? Being from Washington, yeah, and we all, could we could rock some Alice. I wore my house. Soundgarden shirt for you today. We
2: could do some Soundgarden. <laughs> I'm not. Sh- the funny part about the karaoke thing is like there's some bands who just have not licensed their music for yeah. karaoke. They I don't think they think because it's all re-recorded
1: because of how it's set up. Yeah, it's not just like the instrumental track.
2: It's- exactly, it's all re-recorded. It's new. Some of it sounds like pretty close to the actual recording, yeah. which is interesting, but. It's all been redone for that sp- specific network of yeah. of tracking. Um, so I don't know. It's funny. We we try to like we throw like some Justin Timberlake in the thing. I was trying oh, to figure is- out all the all the songs that I kind of yeah. know because yeah. this is about five hundred songs in the list, and uh, there's no Justin Timberlake in the in the in the fun app, which yeah. is like the karaoke <laughs> app we're using. There's no Alan Stone. That's, that's what it, and like. Um, what was the other one? Is there, like, No Earth, Wind, and Fire or something in there, That's Jules? crazy. There's, like, some other ones in That's there. That's really that crazy. That we couldn't find. But we did, I mean, we've been rocking some... Uh I would swallow my pride, I would choke on the ride, but the lack thereof would make me empty inside. I toured with those guys, yeah? man. Yeah, Eve uh, Six. love that song, bro.
1: <laughs> those guys are awesome, man. <laughs> Shout out to Max if he's listening. I don't Shout know if out. he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, So I want to get back into your stuff because I'm very, very interested in this new record. Like I said, I've been a fan of yours for quite a while. Thank you. The new record, Building Balance, the lead-off single, Give You Blue. Yeah. You wrote that kind of about your wife, the whole getting married kind of thing. Like, can you tell me a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah, I got
2: married. Um, technically, I got married two years ago. Uh, but uh, we had our ceremony a year ago, September 21st uh, in Australia. And what city? It, we, it's near Melbourne, this little town called Lorne. Okay. Like a beach okay. town. Um,
1: I love that you said Melbourne, too
2: yeah it's in my household dude that's you didn't say melbourne
1: no, no. <laughs> i've been corrected many times by my australian friends yep. <laughs> melbourne. It's melbourne melbourne it's
2: melbourne um <laughs> we uh yeah as a touring musician you you know um monogamy and like uh partnership like life partnership was a hard thing for me to grasp yeah. and like come on board with um just because like this is I'm already married to the road. Yeah. I don't know how to do really anything else. Not that I couldn't.
1: Well, I, I tell people all the time I have no, I don't really have a lot of discernible skills other than music. That's why my job currently is I teach guitar full time. mm. Yeah, and I taught a kid unaware the other day. Really? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> those those awesome. like what are they? They're the uh, the seventh major seventh chords or yeah. something. Yeah. They're they're kind of tough if you've never played them before. Sure. I, and I don't really mess with those very often.
2: Yeah. Let me tell you, I don't play them that often. You know, like I leave the guitar work up to real. I wish players. there was
1: like a guitar here because I'd want you to show me if I'm doing it correctly or not. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I don't know if I'm doing it correctly, okay. so I maybe not be the right person to teach you. Um monogamy and marriage was like kind of a hard thing for me to come to 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 bat with and for and um give you blue i wrote right after i got engaged when i finally like really came to the understanding of why i wanted a a full-time life partnership uh with with my with my wife and give you blue is really about um what I would like to call an honest love song, which is, you know, most, I don't know if most, I'm, sure, I'm obviously can't, uh, categorize every single love song that's ever been written, but it seems like a lot of love songs are like all about it or like they're sung about hating it So, like, I, this person disgusts me and I'm no longer in love with this person or like, this is the greatest feeling I've ever had in my life. This yeah. is new. And to me, love is this like persistent journey. It's like a wake up every day and put the work in sort of thing. And it's not one or the other. It's kind of both. But um, I will set out to write a love song about how it's it's both at the same time. Yeah. And the color blue to me in music is, is typically like sadness and darkness. But when I think about the color blue and I see the color blue, it's like a very light and joyful color for me. Uh, so it's a I dichotomy. want dichotomy. It's yeah, both sides, it, you know, it, it totally yeah. is. So I, that's kind of what that song was intended to be was just like, it's both yeah. really.
1: Now. I, I also know you're a, a fairly new father mm. and as someone, you know, I've got two toddlers and I, I just turned 41. So oh. got a late start. Yeah. Um, has that and, and being married kind of influenced your songwriting for the new record? Um,
2: yeah, well, I'm, I have pretty much finished this record, uh, before i had my son rudy yeah and so rudy rocket rudy rocket yeah awesome name it uh so it it, it'll it's it's to be seen how it will influence okay my songwriting in the future um it's already influencing me as a human uh i think tenfold really you and i both would 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 be able to to talk a lot about i would imagine how much <laughs> it's my, my life you. man
1: and every day it's different too.
2: every day it's different every day it's new it's so exciting and it's so much work but it's like great work yeah um it's the best it's the best i would encourage anybody who is um intentional about f- being a better person yeah to have oh, children, it, it
1: made me way less selfish. Yeah, <laughs> and, and all kinds of stuff, man. Like when I'm somewhere, like out, and I'm, oh, man, I want to buy a new guitar or something. I'm like, well, but there's some cool stuff I could get for the kids. Yeah, and then I don't buy myself something. You yeah. know, my mom, she's like, "You want me to give you money for your birthday? Make sure you spend it on yourself." Because I don't. I just right. both of us, we we spend it on our kids. You know. Yeah.
2: Well, what what a great habit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, in in being a dad and being a musician myself as a musician i selfishly kind of want my kids to at least be musical i don't know they don't need to pursue it as a career actually i kind of hope they don't you know what i'm talking about right. but uh Preach. do you kind of hope that rudy is musical and, and like like are you hope that influence kind of gets to him
2: you know i i hope that rudy is Man, that's such a deep question for yeah. me. Because I don't specifically hope that Rudy's into anything. True. Like, true. I don't care if he's into music. I don't care if he's into uh, basketball. I just hope he's into something and that passionate the, about something. Yeah, the emotion yeah. and the experience that I've given towards the craft of music, I hope Rudy finds that same thing. Um I think the you know, the hell on earth would be utilizing your entire life and your the the spine of really your existence on something that doesn't get you going. Yeah. And uh I mean that could be taxes. Some people are really into yeah. the fine print of the financial world. He could be an accountant. He could be an accountant. He could be a you know, a sous chef at a chicken ranch. You yeah. know like I don't care what it is he does. I hope that he, if, if, if there is a hope in my heart for Rudy, um, and if I have other children and I have nieces and nephews too, just any child, I would hope that not necessarily they would find something that maybe brought them wealth or maybe, yeah. you know, so- society's uh, like
1: maybe emotional wealth. There you go. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. It's that, it's that hope that they would find something that because would- I, w-
1: I want to tell my kids, like, if you like music, like dad does. Don't do it because you want to get rich. Yeah. <laughs> because it's probably not going to happen.
2: Yes, that's that's a that's a beautiful sentiment.
1: Hey, this is Chris from that one time on tour. Odds are, if you're listening to this, you're in a band or know someone who is. One of the biggest problems facing bands is finding affordable high-quality merchandise. Well, not anymore. The Merch Planet offers soft, high-end quality shirts starting at as little as $6 a piece. And right now, they're offering free shipping to all TOTOT listeners. They have lightning-fast turnarounds and ship everywhere throughout the U.S. and Canada. Head on over to TheMerchPlanet.com and use the promo code TOTOTFREE at checkout. You'll be glad you did. So, you know, speaking of him growing up and what you wish for him, I know that you got your start in music singing in your father's church. Yeah. At what point did you realize that music was kind of your thing?
2: (laughs) Man. Well, I was the youngest of, of, uh, I was the youngest child until I was about 16. And,
1: um. Wow. They had one late.
2: Well, we adopted two little girls when I was 16 years old, my two little sisters. And, um, but for those first 16 years, I was the youngest and they're, you know, the youngest child, uh typically is an attention getter and yeah. wants to like overcompensate for being the youngest we've and, only
1: got two and that's true in our house yeah, yeah. uh
2: so i think a, yeah a little bit of that probably um influenced my liking towards music
1: um kind of a ham like you like to be in front of people i do yeah. yeah
2: i'm sort of a like an attention whore and <laughs> so a, am i a, narcissist, <laughs> a little bit uh I did sports for a long time. You know, that was my thing for a while. But my older brother is like a really good athlete. And so and he couldn't play music. So I think that was maybe the branch of the tree yeah. that I was like, well, this is my thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna express myself this way. And it's funny, I yeah, I think back about how I really talking to somebody yesterday about the pathway in life that leads you to believe you can actually write songs for a living. Because it's yeah. such an obscure and
1: uh, oblong... Like your art is going to feed you for the rest of your life. I don't know what... I don't know why I, I thought thinking. that when I was young either. I mean, it's it's since gone away. Yeah. <laughs> for a while, it actually worked, though, mm. you know? Yeah. It's still working for you, so...
2: Well, I mean, it's it's work, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's work, and it's, and it's working, yes, that's true.
1: Yeah. Um, did you just start off singing, or when did the guitar enter the picture? As a guitarist, I'm very interested, because I really, really like your playing. Your playing you, is great, man.
2: Thank Bless you. Um, my dad was a guitar player. Okay. And uh, I just loved, I mean, you probably had the same thing as a child, like seeing a man strap a guitar to the front of them and just rip it was like- My
1: best friend in kindergarten, Joey Levinsky, shout out if you're listening, his dad played guitar, and every time I'd go over there- his dad would just have his Gibson out, you know, jamming on it. Uh, And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. My dad played saxophone, and I I was kind of like, yeah, that's not that cool. uh, You know, Metallica doesn't play a saxophone. Right, right, right. (laughs) Then he taught me my first couple chords, so I kind of see, I get that. When you see somebody that's kind of on your level or, you know, not someone on TV, but it's somebody you know that's sitting there jamming on a guitar, it's very, it was life-changing for me.
2: Yeah, me as well. Me as well. My dad was kind of that that initial, um intro to the guitar he he taught me a couple chords and I s- always sang like with my family growing up but it wasn't like I'm a singer yeah I think I knew how to sing and pitch okay I remember being in music class as a young kid and um you know because I sang in church since I was four um and i was in a classroom with a bunch of friends of mine who had never i you know they they didn't sing they were not around singing i knew i could sing in pitch and i knew i could sing well but i would actively sing out of pitch because i didn't want my friends to think it was like a weird thing to sing you know self-sabotage <laughs> i sort of self-sabotage and that's kind of my earliest memory of knowing that i like at least had a thing for music yeah um, but the guitar was that intro piece to where I could <laughs> I could grab the guitar and play like a first one of the first songs I ever learned was um, Time of Your Life by Green Day.
0: Okay, yeah.
2: And uh I remember being able to pull that out. I was like in seventh grade and it was and I would pull it out in front of people and do the song and they were like so shocked. They were like, My God, I didn't realize you had this in you. And that was. I still teach that song. It's a great song to learn.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a great well, intro. Well, because song. it's got, you got to, I don't know, have you remember how to play it, but it's G, C, add nine, D. You don't ever have to move Never. your ring finger. Never. You just <laughs> keep these states. two planted. <laughs> yeah, it's there. And you just move. It's
2: just a good way to get those wrists stretched out.
1: <laughs> get a drink, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. So when you got that guitar, your dad taught you the chords was there any formal lessons or was it just kind of learning on your own after that
2: yeah i'm um, my um my experience with music has been really untrained and un i took a i took a a year of piano lessons my senior year of high school as like a satellite program you could you know we had this program in high school where you could make up your own class and you would pick what you wanted to do. And then at the end of the year, you had to give like a thesis or, you know, Yeah. and my, I wanted to learn how to play the piano because I, at that point had gotten into production a little bit. Like my parents had got me some recording equipment and I was trying to like make my own beats and stuff. Um, That, that helped me a lot. Learn, you know, like a little bit of music theory, Um, you know, learn where like the notes would sit on a keyboard and then refer that back to the, to the guitar and then i took us like a semester of theory in community college when i i went to community college for a year that's really the formal training that i've had but i've been fortunate enough to s- surround myself um in the bands yeah. and the, in, in in the musical world that i live in with really talented musicians who are like extremely gracious to me so i've learned a lot from from those guys and um my guitar player trevor who plays guitar in my band is a a theory magician shout out to trevor he's he's gonna be on the show very soon oh great we're talking dates right now he's the best man uh he he's been really gracious with me with my guitar playing and teaching me new things and and how to work new chords and new arrangements and and whatnot so i've really been fortunate just to learn from other people kind of on the go
1: What would you say your theory knowledge is currently? Currently, I'm at if the if ten
2: is like graduated from Berkeley and able to teach it, I'm probably at a three and a half. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) but if you tell me like usually if you if I look at sheet music and I see like a B flat seven sus, I can usually figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it takes me some time
1: because some of the some of the music you know that you've written as a guitar instructor that kind of you know knows theory i tend to dissect stuff mm. and there's some some cool stuff in there cool. some stuff that i would not think you would be able to do if you didn't have a like a base level theory knowledge going on you know is that just like trial and error like when you write a song what is your process for that? Do the lyrics come first? Do you have like a notebook full of words, and then you put music to it, or do you write a melody, or is, there, is it just different every time?
2: It's different every time. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, a melody in my head that I'll put chords behind. Sometimes it's a drum beat. I've written a, just a drum beat before, and and then filled in the space after the the melody of the top lines situated um i've started on the piano i've started on the guitar um i've uh on this last record i pretty much co-wrote everything yeah. with people um which i really like doing cuz i'm i'm a procrastinator i think at heart and so if i'm just by myself yeah you know give you blue i wrote most of it by myself or at least came up with it by myself the original the original piece Took me a year and a half to get the wow. thing done, you know. Yeah, and I just kind of like, no, nah, I'll finish it. You know, I'm just not good at doing that. I hope, I hope that's a development I can find in fatherhood, maybe a little <laughs> bit better. <laughs> Who
1: were some of the people that you wrote with for this record?
2: Man, I wrote, I wrote with my live the the fellows that I tour with. I wrote a good amount with them. Uh, Trevor um, on keyboards, his name is Steve Watkins. Um, Jason Holt was on drums, and Tyler Carroll plays bass. Uh, we wrote some stuff together. We came up with a lot of good ideas together, and some of my favorite songs on the record we we put together. Um, this guy Theo Katzman and Joey Dossick. they're out of L.A. They they play in a uh, a group called Wolfpack. Yeah, you know that man. Yeah, band? I've heard of that. Um, I don't Joey, know much about it, but I've heard the name. Yeah, they're, it's an it's an awesome group of musicians. Uh, Joey and Theo they have their own solo thing and. They're uh, they're really special musicians. Um, I wrote with uh, Mike Posner, okay, and uh, a friend of mine, Adam Friedman, um, and then uh, Jamie Liddell, who produced a good amount of the record, about seventy five percent of the record. Uh, I wrote with him. Who, if you haven't listened to Jamie Liddell before, man, I would really encourage you. He's like my one of my tastes like top five singers that I've ever heard in my life. He is so good. It's it's he's a special human.
1: So, uh, as far as influences now, you know, growing up singing in the church, your family, I take it was probably fairly religious. Were you into a lot of the secular stuff or was it a lot of gospel? Like I can hear the gospel in there, the blues and stuff in your voice and in the songwriting, but what kind of did it for you growing up? What were you into?
2: Well, growing up, uh, There was, it was pretty much all contemporary Christian music that was being played in my house. Um, But my older brother, when I was probably in like third or fourth grade and he was in middle school, he started bringing home uh, like secular records, Weezer and the Verve Pipe and Red Hot Chili Peppers. I remember he brought home Cake. Yeah. And I think it was Fashion Nugget or maybe the record before Fashion Nugget and that was my i was like whoa what is this you know cuz like the verve and weezer and those those bands like that's very straightforward rock kind yeah. of but cake has like a funk element to it yeah and uh i remember hearing that and that was i just dissected that for for a while um but i didn't come around to soul music it's funny people say i was it makes sense you grew up singing in the church like i can hear it in your music and you know, my church was not like a gospel church. Yeah. You know, my church was um, go tell it on the mountain <laughs> over the hills, like very country yeah, kind yeah. of backwoods sort of church. Um, great music and great musicians, but it wasn't like we were singing, you know, um, swing low, sweet chariot with yeah. like a gospel choir. Or anything. Yeah. I came upon that after like roundabout sort of, you know, like 17, 18 years old, I started getting into old, uh, funk and soul. And, and that's kind of the moment that the gospel maybe wink sort of started happening in my musical journey.
1: So, you know, being from Washington, did you get into any of the Seattle bands? I know it was a little after your time. You're a little younger than me, but did that influence you at all? Um,
2: I got into Presidents of the United States of America okay, yeah. when I was in middle school. Peaches, man. Peaches, bro. <laughs> Little Blue Doom Buggy. Yeah. Um, they're great. They're awesome. His new project, Casper Baby Pants, have you gotten a hold no of this? Ch-
1: no, no. He's got this. I got to have him on the show, man.
2: Yeah, man. You, you should. He's, uh, I don't know him personally or you know, just kind of in proxy, he's been doing kids music. Okay. It's called Casper Baby Pants and it's. It's like the coolest thing around.
1: I, well, I have to check it out now because I have kids. So. Check
2: it out, man. They might dig it. Um, but no, I missed out on the Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden thing. I mean, I, I love them now and obviously. Yeah. Um, I always
1: ask everybody, no matter how how old they are, if they're from Washington State, because I'm like, you know, is it the same when you live there? Like, is it like this legendary thing? Because everybody else in the entire country is like, oh, not just Seattle, like that whole area, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, I moved to Seattle after high school, and it's still like the remnants of that era is is fervent there.
0: You ever play the
1: Showbox?
2: Oh yeah, I played every venue in <laughs> Seattle 120 That's times. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's the best venue. Because
1: I, I just heard like recently uh, some friends of mine. You've heard MXPX? I'm sure you've yeah, heard of them. course. They're from yeah, Tooth uh, and Nail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tom, their guitarist, was on the show, and I would heard that the Showbox actually was going to be demolished. He told me it was maybe not going to happen. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? What, the last
2: I've heard, and I signed a, some sort of petition to attempt to get it rezoned as a historical yeah, um, it needs monument be. of sorts, and I haven't heard much since, but I know that there's a lot. Like I'm pretty sure Eddie Vedder was on that, yeah. and um, Macklemore is a big artist out of Seattle. There was some heavy hitters ch- trying to make sure that that venue didn't go away because it – to me, is such a pivotal piece of of Seattle history, but the... It's like
1: Seattle CBGBs, man. It's, it is. Yeah, I mean, that's it what... It is. It's we, like Every time we were in that area, that's where we played, yep. you know?
2: Yeah, it's such a good venue. It's the best sounding room in Seattle, yeah. too. There's some cool rooms in Seattle, but that by far is the best live experience in my opinion
1: i always wondered and this isn't like a dig at any big rich rock stars but like when cbgb's was going away because they owed back taxes and you know the show boxes might might go away because of whatever and these guys like start petitions or they post on their social media to save it if you're eddie Vedder and you're worth millions of dollars mm. just pay their two hundred thousand dollars to save the venue that's how yeah I I, I, if I, I had the money i would do it
2: you know? yeah and i i would Eddie Vedder strikes me as the type of man who would do the same. Yeah. They did a really cool thing in Seattle. They did two nights at CenturyLink Field, which is forty five thousand. It's a stadium. It's a stadium. There's where the Mariners play, and the majority of the proceeds went to homelessness. Homelessness That's in awesome. Seattle. Yeah, um, they strike me as very philanthropic individuals. So I think what it might be, I don't know, and I don't know the details of it, but I would imagine it's. I mean that real estate right now in seattle is bonkers oh yeah it is so i mean amazon moved downtown there bill gates and melinda gates owned the majority of the real estate in the area some there's some real like shoulder elbow throwing happening down there
1: (laughs) are you living around that area now i live in spokane now Spokane. yeah
2: me and my wife i when we met i kind of had been i left seattle because the real estate was starting to really skyrocket and I was never home, and so I decided to move back to where I grew up, this little town called Chihuila, in a cabin out in the woods, and um, met my wife. Moved her in there. She and like I said, she's from Melbourne, which is the one of the coolest oh, she's cities. From the, Melbourne. I she's from I Melbourne. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, Yeah, she's from she she's born and raised. But that's from Melbourne. why
1: you know how to say it correctly. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's war lines in my yeah, yeah. in my household. Uh, and then we just recently bought a spot in Spokane. We love it. It's, it's a cool spot.
1: So, is there Vegemite in the house at most, most days? Yes. <laughs> I just got a video.
2: Of my wife's in Oz right now with Rudy, and she gave him some Vegemite while they were over here. And his his face was so classic, man. Just like, <laughs> what is this? It's kind of an
1: acquired taste. Yeah. He yeah. kept
2: going back to it, though. Like, he tasted and then it's an awful, you know, snarl and then yeah. go right back to it. So, we, you never know, we might have a.
1: So uh, the thing that I was interested in, you you did the whole American Idol duets. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? it looked like you had a great time. You, you sang with Dennis, you did Unaware, and yeah. then Marcio, you did What's Going On. Yeah. And I know that was kind of like, because we, we watch Idol. Mm-hmm. And I know that was kind of like a spur of the moment thing because he was supposed to sing with somebody else and you guys had to do it kind of on the fly. Yeah. How was that whole experience?
2: It was so cool. It was such a wonderful thing. It's funny how the universe um, lays things in your lap that you wouldn't normally... I've been such a... um, I wouldn't say like hater, but the singing competition on TV seems to be what the current, like, tastemaker thing is. And as somebody who comes from the Seattle world where it's all, like, underground, independent, yeah. you know, pitchfork musician almost, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that whole world, like, f- for a good amount of my life was, like, I'm opposed, yeah, whatever, I'm opposed to that. and And I got the call, and it's one of those calls where You know, at first, my, um, my, I was a little bit like, I'm I'm sort of precious. I'm a precious human. And I'm always kind of afraid, really, of what like the 1% musician world is going to think. Yeah. I noticed that about myself. That if I'm playing in in an audience.
1: 99% of the people in the world could love it, but there's those one like, there's the 1% (laughs)
2: haters who write what, you know, just because I've been there and I've been like the, musician before struggling who just for some odd reason, I'm just going to project hatred and yeah. like disgust towards anything that's successful. You know, that's really what it is. I think it's usually jealousy.
1: Probably a little bit. I that. come from the punk rock world, man. Yeah. People, they bitch about everything and it's not because it, it, they they're jealous, mm.
2: you know? Yeah. That probably was a, was a part of it. Most likely the majority you of You and it. I
1: both, man. I bitch about stuff all the time back
2: in yeah. The day. <laughs> Uh, yeah. When I first got the call, it was i said i'm typically a very precious human with my art and my manager goes listen saturday night live when it airs gets about a million and a half views american idol gets 10 jeez man i said done we're done i'm i'm going let's do it um and it was such an enjoyable experience for me everybody on the show was pleasant i got to meet Katy perry and and luke bryan and I got to meet like one of my favorite Lionel singers of Ritchie. all of all time Lionel Richie. Yeah. Um, and dude,
1: before we came here today, we watched the videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He dug you, man. He was he, he was, was into it hardcore. He
2: was so kind and cool and the from the production teams to all the contestants to the other singers on the show, um it couldn't have been a better experience and I'm just so Uh, And feel indebted to that show because it was one of the real, you know, I've done Conan and Leno and Letterman and these late night programs that you're like, that was such a milestone in my life. And they helped for sure, but nothing even touched the American Idol play. It was like we did that show and um, it was such a huge bump in the, the notice of America, which, you know. God bless American Idol and and the American public for tuning in because it's really a show that's changing people's, changing people's lives.
1: Now I know that, you know, on the voice on American Idol, they release songs like the people will do the covers and whatnot. Did you guys record a version of that as a duet as well for like iTunes or was it just strictly for the live show?
2: Uh, it's just for the live show. Okay. Yeah. Um, they might have a recording of it that'll come out maybe from the live show eventually, but, uh, we didn't go in the studio and do
1: anything. That's cool. Okay, so I know I've had you here for a while. i got a couple more questions, and we'll get Dude, you out Dude, this of here. is a
2: blast, man. Thank <laughs> you so much for your time.
1: So I, I wondered, you know, as someone that does the genres that you do, like, you know, the soul and R&B and, and whatever you want to call it, I just think it's good music. I do know there's some social and kind of political issues that you tackle in Unaware and uh, when, what I've seen, Contact High, different songs. Yeah. Where does that kind of come from? Is that just a thing of where you feel it at the time so you write a song about that and then you know you have another song voodoo about your wife's cooking yeah so i mean like is it just when inspiration strikes or maybe you're just you're you know kind of upset about a certain issue or you like how does that all come about when you're writing a song
2: it's yeah for a while when i was writing music well first of all i have to identify with whatever i'm going to sing or else it just falls flat yeah like i have to have some protein behind the words that like I actually feel that I can re- refer back to when right. I'm singing it for the 400th time unaware I've I've sang that note <laughs> in unaware that there's a super high note at the end of that song and I've probably done it a thousand times and it's a hard note to have to like summon every single night if there wasn't the protein behind that song of the the feeling that I was going through when I wrote it about kind of just feeling like, you know, regardless of the administration, there's just going to be people left in the shadows. Yeah. And at the time of writing that song, I was one of those, I felt like one of those people. Um, I was also very young when I wrote it too, so my perspective has changed quite a bit since then, um, socially and politically. But uh, I want to write what I feel because I know that, if i'm lucky and if i'm privileged i'll get to do these songs for the rest of my life um if i'm lucky people will want to hear them for the rest of my life and i want to be able to sing them as best as i possibly can every night i go out so contact high you know that was right around the time that smartphones were starting to make a play in the market and um i found myself becoming very addicted to them and very and still to this day, it's like a, a thing that I have to consciously try and I and, wake
1: up and grab my phone. I mean, I wish I didn't. Yeah. You know,
2: it's, it's a, it's an interesting evolution in yeah. the human experience. Um, what I've seen, uh, you know, same thing. I, I wrote for a while from a position of anger very well. And that's probably cause that was the, the emotion that I was feeling the most at that time that was early on in my musical journey. And, um, and also like a young, I was 22, 23 years old and we all know like what those, that age can bring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because this record building balance that I'm about to release November 8th out, not in any stores because there is no music in stores anymore. <laughs> streaming. Streaming. streaming, streaming, and also at allenstone.com. Uh, <laughs>
1: and it, I do see you've got a box of vinyl over there, though. I That's do, I'm gonna great. give
2: you one. Yeah, do you want one too? Yes, perfect. It's gonna
1: be at the top of my collection. Oh bro.
2: man, I'm so flattered. Could uh, you sign it? I would love to sign it. Yes, I even go. have two signed right in that and box. You better right? believe
1: we're getting photos before you get <laughs> oh, out of <really>, here.
2: Dude? <laughs> um, so that what's funny about i don't mean to cut you off
1: this stuff i mean you think we're joking around like in our house you are like the top man like i'm punk metal guy she likes more indie type stuff but our kids when they heard you on idol and we play all the videos for them when you're on top of the capitol building yeah they go crazy (sighs) we got that video of our son singing like You I'm not trying to fanboy out, but like in our house, you are you can't get much higher,
2: man. I'm just so flattered. So being able to do
1: this is a dream come true, man.
2: So I am just flattered that you would you would say that (laughs) and that your kids love me so much. I always want to be I've thought about changing my name just to Uncle Al. That'd be great. Instead, but kind of Uncle Cracker already has that real estate sectioned off. So I think I'll probably leave that out of it. But
1: speaking of names, this is something I wondered. And this is totally from left field. Yeah. Your name is Alan Stone. That is such a strong, like, artist name. Yeah. Is that your real last name? It is my God God given
2: birth name. It's like, man,
1: you lucked out. My last name is Swinney. (laughs) Like, how Irish can you be? Right. Um, You see, now it's Tangentville. We lost where we were at, man.
2: I was talking was I talking about building balance. Building yeah, balance. So, your
1: new record out November eighth. November all 8th, the streaming sites.
2: all streaming services and also
1: yeah, AllenStone.com. dot com. Um,
2: it's uh, yeah the evolution of writing and music. It's funny because this record has very little of that emotion in it. The like I'm gonna stand up and yeah go on strike against the man. Um, you know this record is a lot of um internal adaptation of all of life really yeah. you know how do I take the things that I've allowed to throw me off balance how do I receive those properly and wake up every day and still manage to stay on course um, and my relationship with with my family is a huge one my relationship with myself and my own personal Physical health, yeah, is such a huge one. I've, I,
1: I've, and being on tour, trying to stay healthy, is not easy. It's not easy, but it's so important. Truck stops, man, hot Bruh. dogs, <laughs> gotta be. You gotta. You- it's funny how. It
2: was, you come back. Did you that. ever, when
1: you are on tour back in the old days? Like I tell my wife all the time, you know, we'd get ramen noodles, and it's three in the morning, and you're starving. You stop at a truck stop. You have to use the coffee water yeah. to make the ramen noodles.
2: Dude, I used to drink and i grew you know i'm a farm boy i grew up in the country we would stop at truck stops i would get a handle of whole milk and like a 20 ounce red bull and i would rock these both in the van and you can only imagine (laughs) the the poor the stories of my poor bandmates (laughs) having to live in a sprinter van with me for several years just eating like i was six and a half years old yeah um yeah we i've I've put some terrible things, and still to this day, man, I'll manage to (laughs) throw some real real ringers in my body, you know, just to mix it up. See what gets down there, like throwing a couple Pepto's. Just mix it up a little bit.
1: (laughs) So when you're on the road and you have, like, you know, time and you can go somewhere nice, like, what's your idea of a good meal on the road? Man, um in the Ataris, it used to be Chili's, because <laughs> you'd be playing these places that were like strip malls, and right. they are there was always a Chili's. It's yep. like, oh, it's Thursday. Everybody get your per diem. Let's go to Chili's. Oh, man, I love
2: that. Yeah, well, what's great about American food nowadays, I don't know, when did you guys start touring as a band?
1: I mean, I've been on the road. With that band and other bands since, like, 99. Man. 99, okay. So, I mean, back before cell phones and anything, yeah. you used to print out the MapQuest directions and have a book. I've been thinking about that recently, about touring. before, like Oh, it was crazy. I don't even understand.
2: Because I, I started touring in heavily in, like, 2008. Yeah, yeah. And there was, like, phones. Like, I could use my phone to get places and figure out where to go. I don't comprehend how people did it, like, back in the
1: 60s. I don't know how they did in the 60s. And it always freaks me out when you watch, like, uh, Walk the Line or one of those movies right. about, you know, Johnny Cash or Elvis or whatever, and they show everybody's in, like, a Cadillac going to the Motor Lodge. Like, <laughs> like,
2: or in a Greyhound. Like yeah. Everybody's sitting straight <laughs> up through the night. Like, no wonder they got addicted to heroin, All man. I you know is, fall
1: asleep. back in the day, I took great pride because I'm an organizer and a planner. Yeah. And even, like, before tour managers or booking agents or whatever, we would just tour we'd steal phone cards and call venues and, and get a yeah, wow. yeah. But like you go, you print out all the directions through MacQuest, You make a day planner, just like most tour managers do yep. now. Uh-huh. But yeah, you'd have to do all that on your own. No cell phones. If you wanted to call your mom or your girlfriend or whatever, you had to stop at a pay phone, right? Call collect most of the time. So it, but I mean, I look back in those days fondly, right? Sleeping on floors. And yep. I mean, okay. Speaking of that touring, you've been touring pretty heavily since 2008. Anything crazy off the top of your head you could tell us that has happened to you on yeah, the road,
2: man. Um, man, I was trying to prep myself because I knew that this question was going to come up. <laughs> I tell my I thought, guests all the
1: time they're like they're like I prepared something or I didn't. I'm like yeah, it's I, better right off the top of your head.
2: Yeah, I couldn't f- find anything. I live in that weird balance of of young. Kids liking my music and, <laughs> and also being a total degenerate. Yeah, so yeah. I want to make sure that I don't share too much. Um, man, let me let me. Uh,
1: you've you've toured overseas before, correct? Toured overseas. Any crazy like countries or places that you've been that were kind of a mindfuck?
2: Nothing too <laughs> out of the ordinary. No, I mean I used to travel and do before I ever real got real gigs. I used to uh, do, I did a few tours in a Buickless Sabre that I, that I inherited from my, my folks. And me and uh, my girlfriend at the time, I remember we did a tour that took us from Washington all the way to South by Southwest. This was like in 2009. And of course, I had no money. This yeah. is, you know, you're playing like, I would be stoked if I got a coffee shop to give me 55 bucks. Yeah. So we did this thing. My, my girlfriend at the time was super hip. And she knew about this site called
1: couchsurfing.com. I've used it many times in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we couch surfed the entire way down there and then camped other times. And one one evening I remember we stayed out the out at the Salton Sea. Yeah, yeah. We we kind of went down we, we sort of took the California coast down San Fran and LA. Because for a while, the only places I could get gigs were I could play Hotel Utah in San Francisco and make like a hundred bucks. And then I could play like house shows from Seattle down to Hotel Utah.
1: This is solo, just you not a band. This is me right? and a guitar. Okay. Yeah,
2: this is I did that strong for two, three years. Um, and then uh, we took a detour and ended up out at um, Mount Hallelujah, do you know about this? I, I, I've heard of it, I don't I, know
1: if I've been there. I've been to the Salton Sea before.
2: Yeah, H- Hallelujah Mountain. Is what it's called. And it's this old, wonderful old man. I forget his name. He was out there. We, we got to meet him, and he's been building this art piece out of like Adobe and yeah. paint and haystacks for like thirty years. And it's this huge, like, like man. It's like a it's like a sculpture, beautiful, colorful stuff. And he was just live, you know, living in this RV there, and we got to hang out with him for an afternoon, and then. We went to Slab City, which is kind of this like, um, you know, folk living off the grid and like this. sort. It's not it's like an old RV park, really. Yeah. But uh, um, that was a pretty fun memory. I remember we got stopped by a police officer on the way to Slab City. And he kind of was like, look, be careful out there. <laughs> um, and of course, like m- m- two hipster young kids in their 20s in a buick le we're like we got this we we're got good. this man yeah. right. <laughs> um that was an interesting tour situation uh there's got to be millions of them man that i just am spacing on yeah. also too you never want to you don't like being regaling this sort of stuff you don't want to throw anybody under the bus you know because yeah. usually these things like happen in-
1: I've i've had <laughs> guests hit me back like a day or two after we do the interview and they're like Hey, you know that part about <laughs> blah blah blah? Can yeah. you edit that out? Yeah, I've had to edit stuff a couple of times. I'm nice about that. You're so. a
0: sweetheart. Yeah. Man. <laughs>
2: um, that's funny. Yeah, I've I've I went through a stage of drinking too much. Um, I've never drunk like been drunk on stage. Yeah, but I went through a moment where I was just slinging tough for you know years at end. Woke up on. I, I had a situation in Portland where I. Had way too much. I think I was on tour, or I was in the middle of a tour, and I connected with some buddies in Portland. We went and watched the Trailblazers game, and I was obviously overserved, Chris. (laughs) And I woke up on a porch in a neighborhood in Portland. I had no idea where I was. My phone wasn't around. I had fallen asleep with my contacts in, and so my eyes were like kind of glued shut and goobered over and i woke up to this young gentleman poking me with a <laughs> with a crutch going hey man you you can't be here you shouldn't be here and i was you know didn't know where i was i came to and got off the porch walked back to my hotel and i got to my hotel finally i'd somehow remembered like exactly where we were staying and hailed a cab and got there and uh i called my phone and uh somebody answered they said uh, i said hey who who's this they go well who's this I said, well you know this is the owner of the phone that you're speaking on sir who's this he says well this is the portland police department
1: you were so polite too yeah i was sir sir
2: <laughs> and um and i said oh my god okay he said well I, you know come on down to the police station and i'll give you your phone back so i get we go down to the police station and this police officer is very kind and gentle. Yeah. He was very sweet to me. Uh, he goes, Well, why don't you just tell me what happened last night? And of course, I said, Listen, if I had any recollection of what occurred last night, I could probably tell you, but I, I don't really know. I know that I was overserved. It was of like a hangover movie. Yeah.
1: Man. Look at the pictures on the phone and you
2: find out what happened. Right, right. If only. He goes, Well, um, unfortunately, last night, you at about three in the morning were. Trying to figure out how to get into this eighty-year-old woman's home, and that's whose porch you had woken up on. <laughs> and I think what had happened was I was at a house party, and the house was painted like the same color as this lady's house, the other house I was at. I'm, and so I was like, "Why are they kicking me out of the party?" And just of course decided to bed down on the porch of all places. Um, that was a that was a p- pivotal shameful moment in my life that uh, i've learned from since uh on tour on tour see there you go Tour. <laughs> story. you
1: did wonderful man <laughs> thank you well i tell you what i've had you here for a long time i know you've got to prepare for tonight sweet caroline we're doing it
2: all right man okay
1: tell me who i got to talk to what i got to sign up for we'll I'll, get you we'll,
2: so you're already signed up okay well, i'm signed up you're signed up
1: i want to thank you so much for this before i let you get out of here I know you've got a lot of plans coming up for tours and whatnot. So what does the future hold? I know the new record comes out November 8th on all the streaming services yes. and Allenstone.com. Allenstone.com. What else do you have planned?
2: So uh 2020 will be a very busy year for me. We've got a, a tour that's about to be announced starting in February. It's headline, full band, um, the full meal deal. Uh we'll head over to Australia and New Zealand um soon thereafter. Uh, with some UK to follow. And then um, hopefully at that point, we'll have four number one hit songs on the charts and we'll ride this bitch into the sunset (laughs) until the wheels fall off. Yeah. And next time we hang out, we'll be doing this in your incredible illustrious podcast studio hey, because the podcast is blowing up man it's blowing up bro you are going to be the next Mark joe marion
1: without being a douchebag <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry if joe's listening which he totally isn't listening <laughs> Mark Marin would be good too.
2: Yeah, either one. He's man. kind of fidgety though. Yeah. Dude, listen, I think you're doing a great job, Chris, and I and I Thanks. and I wish you all the blessings in the world that you get to continue this. Success. You
1: as well, and I, I I can't wait to check out this awesome record that you're going to let me check out. And in the future, if Trevor ever gets sick. Give me a call, dude. Okay, I will. I got you on the <laughs> I know, speed I now. know those weird chords at the beginning of unaware. I could totally do that. Perfect, dude. The major seven sussies. <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for doing this, and I would love to have you back in the future. Maybe next time you're in this neck of the woods, or maybe we'll come see you somewhere I'd else. I'd love
2: man. to come back, man. This has been a joy.
1: Thank you very much, and uh, we're out, man. Thank you. So there it was, my conversation with Mr. Alan Stone. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did like I said, it was just so much fun. We didn't even know it was going to happen until the last minute, honestly. I was talking to his people and uh they wanted to do the interview, but they kept telling me, like, you might have to come at noon and do it. You might have to come at nine a.m. and do it. He's got radio interviews, blah, 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 blah. And then finally they're like, Can you come at four? And I'm like, I'm there. And we got there. And uh yeah, it was great. And I cannot wait to see Alan again. He is such a genuine and awesome guy. And if you guys see him coming to your neck of the woods, he's got that tour coming up in February. They just posted dates today on his Instagram. And, you know, if you're going to be around somewhere like on the West Coast where he's doing this karaoke tour, make sure to go check it out. It is worth the price of admission. You guys are going to have a blast. So coming out in a couple of days, November 8th, make sure to get the new record, Building Balance. It's available on all the streaming sites, Everywhere else, and also you can get it on Alanstone.com. So, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Next week on the program, I was gonna put this out a couple weeks ago, and then some other stuff got in the way, but I got to sit down with King Buzzo from the Almighty Melvins. Yes, the Melvins. We had such a great time talking. And the cool thing is, this is another live interview where I went and hung out with Buzz. I didn't do it over the phone. I love doing them over the phone, but in person, it's it's cool and I really enjoy it. I, I will say my wife and I were talking about my interview style. It's pretty, pretty similar with either the phoner or the in-person, but on the phone, there's there's definite times where I wait and listen more because I, I know I don't want to cut them off because the phone's like that digital delay thing. But in person, it's just like a conversation. Sometimes sometimes I get excited and, and it's just a lot of, you know, I'm interjecting, the guest is interjecting. So, you know, it is a different beast when you're in person with somebody, but Buzz and I had a great conversation and I can't wait for you guys to hear that next week. King Buzzo, Buzz Osborne from the Melvins. You guys are going to love it. But I am going to get out of here right now but not before I play an awesome song from Alan. This is on the new record, Building Balance, and it's one of the first singles. He just had a new single come out as well uh, called Give You Blue that he wrote about his wife. We talked about it on the episode. But I'm going to play Sunny Days because it is awesome and it's funky, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So I will see you guys next week with Buzz Osborne, King Buzzo from the Melvins. Until then, this is Chris.
0: She gets me higher than the
2: 747, hey. turns me up to 11, man this must be heaven, I never doubt 11 for a second, hey. 2 to 3 babies and a wedding, I'm spending Something's coming all over me. I'm obsessing
0: head over feet.
2: Because I know the one I love, she loves me. She loves me. She's got me shooting like Peyton in the '90s. Hey. Everything's exciting. She's the wave that I am riding. The thunder to my lightning. Hey. She's the one and only cake that I am icing.
0: Oh, something's coming all over me.
2: I'm obsessing head yeah,
0: over feet. she loves me, she loves me.
2: Sunny days, but right now I can't feel no rain on me. It would take so much hate for my smile to leave, because I know the one I love, she loves me, she loves me.